0: From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily, and my name is Matthew Aaron. Today on the show, Bitcoin, 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 oh, Bitcoin, you're making some gains. Julian Assange is denied bail and derivatives banned in the UK. Coming up today on the Decrypt Daily. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Today is Wednesday, January 6, 2021. I just said 2020, and I had to stop this and re-record again because I keep saying 2020. This is probably going to last for another month or two. Last night was a big night in Georgia, and it's going to be a big day in the United States in general. So everybody just stay safe, stay calm, and buy Bitcoin. That's not financial advice, by the way. I was having a conversation before I started this show today, and it made me realize, well, I always understood this, but How more and more regulations are coming out, how we really need to advocate for correct terminology, because if we do not have correct terminology and definitions for the products and the innovations that are coming out of the crypto space, we're going to have regulation that does not match what we're holding, what we're investing in, what we are building and what we are utilizing. I mean, think about it, e-money, tokens, digital dollar, cryptocurrency, CBDC, stable coins, in so much more how do we know which ones are which and which ones are being talked about and what are the actual definitions of each unless we really work that out i think that's something i want to take on i hope that's something that we all take on and we are actually sticklers about it because being sticklers about it is going to educate everybody who's involved and educate the regulators that are trying to make laws that are going to impact this industry so we need to be sticklers so you can't call a cryptocurrency a token, a token, a coin, a coin, a stable coin, a digital money. You can't just say e-money for everything or cryptocurrency for everything because the use cases, the things that are being done and built and implemented on these blockchains in these different projects are so unique and so innovative and so new that we really need to understand the definitions and dial it down so that we do just not have a cross overgeneralization generalization of regulation and talk about this technology that was my rant this morning let's get into those crypto prices here comes the money here we go money talks I'm recording this at 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And Bitcoin is sitting at $34,663.96, up 7.7% from yesterday. Woohoo! Ethereum, $1,174.41, up 9.3% from yesterday. Litecoin, $1,6493, up 6.7%. Chainlink, 1623 up 13.2%. And XRP up 8% at $0.24.8. Total market cap for all the cryptocurrency were $60 billion away from that $1 trillion mark at $940.3 billion, up 7.3% from yesterday. And BTC dominance has fell to 67.9%. We have a new top 10, by the way, in the total market cap. Bitcoin sitting at number one. Ethereum, Tether, XRP, Litecoin at number 5, Cardano at number 6, Polkadot at number 7, Bitcoin Cash number 8, Stellar breaks into the top 10 at number 9, and Chainlink is in at number 10, kicking BNB out of the top 10. However, BNB is still up 4% in the past 24 hours, so it's not like they're lagging behind too much. However, we have huge gains from some of these cryptocurrencies like Stellar, which is up 88% in the past 24 hours, Cardano, up 33% in the past 24 hours, and Chainlink, up 17% in the past 24 hours. A couple things to mention about the utilization of these coins and the total market cap of these coins. Bitcoin has taken back the lead of Ethereum in terms of daily settled value. Bitcoin's blockchain is currently transferring $14 billion worth of cryptocurrency every day. Also, Bitcoin pops into the top 10 of total market cap for all global assets. What's number one? Well, Apple, of course, the most valuable company in the world at $2.2 trillion, followed by Microsoft, Amazon at $1.6 trillion, Google at $1.1 trillion, and who is at number nine of the top 10? Bitcoin at $637.8 billion market cap. Oh, and if you think Ethereum's just gonna chill and let that one slide and Bitcoin's just gonna get all the highlights, all the pomp and circumstance, all the glory? No, no, no. Ethereum pops into the top 100 of total market cap for all global assets. And here is Scott Cipollino, writer of Decrypt, to talk about Julian Assange and the FCA's ban on derivatives in the UK. How's it going, Matt? Look, FCA bans crypto derivatives in the UK. I need to first get a couple of definitions for you. What is the FCA and what is a derivative?
1: Okay, so the FCA is the Financial Conduct Authority. That is the financial services regulator in the United Kingdom. Um, a derivative is essentially a financial security. Um, its value is relying on, relying on an underlying asset or group of assets. You can trade them over the counter. You can be traded, they can be traded on an exchange and... Well, news today is that um, related crypto based products have been banned for uh, retail investors by the FCA.
0: What does that mean? Because I also read that they could still spot trade. So I don't know. I'm not too sure. Can you clarify?
1: That's correct. Um, What it means essentially is, well, the the FCA's language is fairly strong on this. They announced it back in October. Um, The ban only came into force today, though. Um, they mentioned that essentially any firm that is offering these so- these services or rather these products to retail customers is essentially a scam, which means that no FCA registered company will be able to offer these products to retail
0: investors. Again, I don't understand what that means.
1: Well, that, it just basically means that related crypto based products that we're discussing here, they aren't going to be allowed to be sold to any retail investor by any company or entity that is regulated by the FCA.
0: Oh, okay. So if they're regulated by FCA, that means they cannot sell retail. However, if they're not regulated by FCA, they they still can do it, but that is illegal.
1: Well, I mean, that's a more complicated issue. But yeah, uh, the vast majority of companies that do business in the UK are regulated by the FCA. So in essence, this cuts off crypto based products for retail investors in the United Kingdom, really, essentially, that's what we're talking about here.
0: So altogether, we're talking about people places like even Kraken is now getting cut off because of the FCA ban.
1: Yeah. But based on this ban, any company that is registered in the UK and almost by consequence or almost by definition, I should say regulated by the FCA, they will not be allowed to offer these products to retail investors.
0: What do you think the impact of this is going to be on the crypto space, on Bitcoin or the UK in general when it comes to their ability to access Bitcoin?
1: There's a, there's a few interesting factors. I mean, the, the first thing to consider here is actually what the FCA thinks is going to happen. Um, and they, back in October at the very least, anticipated that this ban would result in retail investors saving, or maybe it would be more accurate to say avoiding the loss of over £50 million pounds, um, based on the fact that this ban is going to be in, in, in play this year. Another potential consequence of this, and this is fairly speculative, but What might happen would be that retail investors will flock to non-FCA regulated entities to access these products. And of course, companies that are not registered by the FCA or regulated by the FCA, at least the FCA would allege, don't offer as many protections as those that are regulated by them. So there's a few different interesting factors to, to consider and see going forward, really.
0: Do you see that this is going to snowball into the rest of say the uh, western world um you know the united states could follow suit but the united states has a lot more bullish news than than this do you think that it's maybe the start of something or do you think that this is like a uk phenomenon
1: it will be difficult to say i mean one thing to consider is that the uh, other jurisdictions have have not necessarily taken the route the fca has taken so if we look at In the US, the Commodity Futures Trading Commission, the the CTFC, they've been regulating crypto derivatives for a few years now. So this isn't necessarily going to be something that will sort of spur on similar decisions by other regulators in other jurisdictions, although that, again, can't be said with certainty. Um, It may well be the case that another regulator does this. What we do know is that the motivation for the FCA on banning these products is based on arguments that regulators around the world tend to make very often. So um, essentially what the FCA said is that these products are ill-suited to retail customers for several reasons. So I'll just read them off here. Basically, there's a a lack of reliable valuations on these assets or on these products, I should say. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a prevalence of financial crime. Price volatility is a problem for a regulator that's primarily geared towards consumer protection as well. Mm -hmm. So, and not only those things, but the FCA also believes that retail investors don't have the adequate understanding to invest in these products safely. Um, And those are all sort of relatively bog-standard justifications for any financial services regulator to do any of the things that they typically do. So it, it isn't out of the realm of possibility that this happens again somewhere else, but again, that would sort of be speculative really.
0: And just to clarify, the people in the UK can still buy and huddle Bitcoin. They just cannot trade derivatives or futures or any of those other products.
1: This is a ban on any FCA-regulated company offering crypto-based derivatives to retail investors. Um, that doesn't impact a British citizen from holding Bitcoin, for example. That's
0: not- uh, understood, understood. And totally unrelated, but we spoke on this the other day. Julian Assange, he was denied bail by a judge. Can you just tell me what that means and how that is going to impact the case? Because we just spoke that he wasn't going to be extradited to the United States, but now he's... What, trying to leave his compound or tried to leave the embassy i don't understand what's happening yeah
1: so essentially well the news that we got earlier this week as you said was that uh, a judge here in the uk decided um that, that julian assange should not be extradited to the united states for and the, the concerns that were cited related to his mental health um today that same judge vanessa vanessa barry barry sir, i'm sorry if i've messed her name up a little bit, but she noted that Assange essentially still has a case to answer for in the United States, um, and the United States has a, a right to appeal. So in her mind, that means that there is still an incentive for Assange to flee, which essentially means that um bail has not been granted to Assange. Um she also referenced that back in 2012, um, Assange skipped bail when he was granted similar conditions um to what he's looking for now that that's been widely reported too. So essentially what this is is I think we discussed this earlier in the week that Assange's case is far from over just simply because um, extradition to the United States failed. This is an ongoing issue, and this is essentially the latest episode in that saga.
0: Is he still living in that embassy?
1: As far as I understand, he actually hasn't left. He hasn't been a free man since being in that embassy. So It's been a while. Yeah, I mean, it's been a <laughs> while. It, um, it's, it's definitely been... Let me see if I can find the exact date here. I don't think he's been seen in public since... It must be somewhere in 2012. Um, yeah, since June 2012, actually. And he's been in the Ecuadorian embassy in London, essentially, since then asking for sanctuary. So it's definitely been a long time.
0: Scott Chabalina, you always have some interesting news to bring us. And thanks for coming on to talk always. Thank you, Matt. Anytime. And another news. I think just the other day, I mentioned that $17 billion was locked up in DeFi. Well, I spoke too soon because now there's 20 billion dollars worth of cryptocurrencies now locked in various DeFi protocols. Maker locks up the highest amount at 4 billion, followed by Aave at 2.7 billion and Uniswap at 2.5 billion. This is not an advertisement by the way, but this is just pretty cool. You can now read all your favorite Decrypt articles on ProtoLab's Interplanetary File System, or IPFS, the decentralized file-sharing network that opens the door for anyone to take part in the advent of the Web3 age. IPFS is a peer-to-peer protocol for file-sharing and website hosting that runs across thousands of computers. This is decentralized, basically decentralized files, decentralized websites, decentralized pages, and now Decrypt is on there as well. Scam alert scam alert. These fake crypto apps will steal your Bitcoin. Intezer Labs has discovered malware in fraudulent cryptocurrency apps. Jam, J-A-M-M, E-Trade, and Dow Poker were fake apps designed to steal users' crypto keys. The Rat malware has apparently affected 6,500 users to date. So please take note. That's Jam, E-Trade, and Dow Poker has malware to steal your private keys. And in the news that everybody's talking about, and probably the most important of the day, who gets custody of Kim Kardashian's Bitcoin in the divorce? I'm just going to stop it there, because honestly, I don't care. I literally don't care. And I hope you don't either. Uh, well, okay, fine. I'm going to continue a little bit. Well, long story short, Kim Kardashian was given Bitcoin in 2018. Her and her husband, Kanye West, are reportedly getting divorced. And Bitcoin is usually treated as common property in a divorce. So... You might have to have your Bitcoin if you don't have a prenup, and you're going to get divorced. divorce, and, well, who cares? I mean, I doubt they even know that they even have that Bitcoin, nor do they know how much it's worth because they're probably worth a billion dollars anyway, so this is a stupid story. Whatever. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Aaron. You know, one thing I used to do on my other podcast is I used to welcome guests, listeners on the show to talk about what they're expecting in the crypto space, what they're hodling or what they're doing or what they're thinking. And I want to welcome you back. So if you're a listener of this show and you want to come on and just talk crypto from an average hodler's perspective or as the perspective of whatever you do in your profession, send me an email. Matthew Aaron at Decrypt.co. Come on the show. Let's wrap out. Until then, happy huddling, everybody.